Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Starimcast. This is Jesse from Club Venus from Stardom, and you're watching Stardom Cast. Stardom, I'm your host, Rob Good, and I'm joined as ever by Matt Turner, and we are joined by a massively special guest here. Jesse of Club Venus has joined us. Jesse, how are you? I'm doing so great right now, and I just want to say thank you, Rob. Thank you, um, Stardom cast and Matt. Yes, um, very honored to be on your podcast. You guys have a lot of really great questions, and I'm excited to answer them and answer whatever the fans are curious about. Well, thank you very much for coming on. It's uh, It was a pleasure watching you in uh, in Stardom, obviously your entire run from April to June. And it the questions are really quite interesting because it spans everything from what is the tour bus like to all the way through to dream matches <laughs> and everything. So we literally cover all bases apparently on this, uh, on this podcast. But uh, first things first, um, obviously you've been out of japan for a while june i believe um what have you been doing with yourself and how are you all together um i'm doing great so since i've left stardom i learned so so much from that experience alone it's a completely different style uh different i feel like the atmosphere and culture was was very I feel like traditional uh, in a sense where it's super respectful. You shake everyone's hand when you see them. You say thank you before you start business. You say thank you afterwards. So it's just a very, um, very like enriching experience to recognize another person's hard work and know that you're going to work hard together and uh, kick butt. So there was a lot of respect in the locker room. That's for sure. Loved it. So since I've been back, um, I have wrestled for the promotion of Boca Raton Championship Wrestling. They actually have another match coming up November 5th. Uh, it's going to be a huge match. It's actually in celebration for the promoter Matt Mashler's uh, birthday. So a lot of fun matches coming up, Battle Royale. Um, and I'm really excited to share uh, this new style that I've brought and completely new um, part of myself that I'm sharing. I think if anyone has, if anyone recognizes or has followed my work, I've had one transformation after the next and it's just added more to my arsenal of and body of work. So let it keep growing. I'm excited to share. So that's one coming up. And then I also have a match coming up this coming weekend, um, Saturday, October 14th uh, with Spark Joshi. And it's a title match against uh, Miu. And she's uh, she's their champion, and I plan to take her down and end her run. So. I did see that advertised actually. Is that, <laughs> is that down in Orlando? Yeah, Orlando Inglewood Center. Doors open at four. There you go. So make sure you get your tickets. That is going to be a fantastic matchup. And it's funny you should mention transformations. You know, just your run in NXT, you seem to have two or three different characters, and then you look, you know, your Stardom character, and that's different again. So. Do you, is that something that you actively enjoy doing, sort of changing and reinventing yourself as you're going? Absolutely. I think if you look at other artists outside of um, outside of wrestling, uh, people like um, Madonna, even Michael Jackson, like some of the greats, I think, like even in pop music, you see them evolve over time and there's a reason for it. And it's to share their art, like art is life, life is art. And if you're not evolving, uh, you might not be growing and you need to 
keep a mystery as to what's next to hold your audience. So I think sharing that side, it's also a message of like, hey, you guys, you can you can choose to grow this way, you can choose to grow that way, but as long as you're moving forward and uh, sharing your art with the world, then I think you're doing a good job. Very, very good answer. That was a really, really good answer. Oh. <laughs> I also yeah. do art too, so it's like uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. I hope I hope that helps or um, yeah. uh, inspires something. Like my whole my whole thing setting out. Like even before I started wrestling, I was um, was doing a lot of art beforehand, and I'm still continuing to do it. Um, I'm actually helping a fundraiser with Give Kids the World. They're doing their end of year holiday stuff, December seventh through December 9th. and I'm representing uh, Boca Raton Championship Wrestling, like doing that. So it's all it's all like. Uh, I feel like giving and, and taking, like it's good to um, take the lessons, but then you got to share and give. So, um, but that's, that's enough of that. Like we could definitely get back to wrestling for sure. <laughs> it's a beautiful way of looking at the world. Matt, you wanted to say something. Yeah. My first question is obviously you spent a lot of time over in stardom. Did you spend a lot of time over in the stardom dojo? So they they did have scheduled times, but because our tour schedule was so hectic and busy, uh, I was only able to go there just a handful of times, but there were other instances where I was um, invited to observe. And I gotta tell you, these these women, like they train hard and they train serious. And if they make a mistake, it's like, oops, okay, move on. Whereas I feel like before and stuff, like it's very eye-opening, like, man, like sometimes when I make a mistake, I just hold on to it. And like, you get in like a spiral and you focus on it. So just to see and observe that and how quickly they can change gears and get into it and how intense their focus is, ah, uh, they kick ass. Like it was, <laughs> I feel like a stronger person and definitely a better wrestler because of that experience. Now, kind of piggybacking off that your fellow uh, club Venus members, Mariah May and Mina Shirakawa, have been shown on social media visiting uh, the snake pit um, and more specifically right next to the chair that Billy Robinson would teach. I was just wondering if you had the opportunity to visit the snake pit Japan. Oh no, but it's definitely on my list. I do plan on going back, whether it's uh, mid 2024 or towards the end of it, just because I have a couple other projects lined up at the beginning of next year. Um, but it's definitely on my mind and I've kept a good rapport with Mr. Rossi. So I mean, destiny is destiny. That's it. I'm glad you brought up uh, Mr. Ogawa. Um, so obviously in between, so we're at the back of NXT. How did the stardom tour come about? And especially how did the alignment with Club Venus and how did all of this sort of happen? How did this materialize? So I think, uh, and I've been told really early, and it was by uh, Coach Sarah Amato from the Performance Center at NXT, um, success is when uh, preparation meets opportunity. And I've kept that really close to me and always keep that in mind. I, I think I'm lucky too, so maybe it's a little combination of that. But uh, after I was released, it was at one of my first uh, local signings for... Um, for the independent scene in wrestling, I met somebody who had been a guest coach at the Performance Center, Sumi Sakai. I'm sure you all have heard of her. Yeah, yeah. Yes. She's a legend. She's, uh, she helps so many people, and I just happen to be really lucky that she helped me. She had just, um, her and her partner, David Floridia, had opened up a uh, jiu-jitsu BJJ school uh, with professors Matt Riddle, Shayna Baszler, himself, uh, Karen Tran, Karrion uh, Cross, they're, they're there and it's like, it's a school of badasses. So <laughs> she, at the signing and stuff, because she had met me at the performance center and um, she saw how I worked and my work ethic and she could tell like, I'm very, I'm passionate about the art, I'm passionate about learning and um, why not learn something new? So she invited me to the school. She was like, I think you're really gonna like jujitsu. Like you should give it a try. And she's being really subtle about it. And I'm just like, okay, I think I'll do it. So the, I think two weeks later after that, uh, what was that back in last year? Last year. Yeah, it's almost been a, it's been a little over a year ago. I went my first session, I was like, oh my God, I totally get why this is so addicting. It's, <laughs> it's a puzzle. There's always a way out. And 
sometimes you just want to choke people and it's in a controlled <laughs> environment and it's great it's good therapy too so. i'm <laughs> excited in 2024 for i'm excited in 2024 for we're gonna get shoot style jesse coming into stardom that, that oh, that's what i'm doing <laughs> Style. I love Shuri. Like Shuri, like she, she's real. She's MMA, and like I love her style. And the more you can create, uh, you know, just like when you go to the movies and you get into it and you believe it and you get to escape or go to a different world, like that. The shoot style. I think that's. I think that's next. I think that's the next thing, big thing for wrestling. Or it's just one of the acts. But I think there's a lot of eyes on it. The audience and the fans are getting a lot smarter. There's access to more information and. You know, it's people are gonna have to step up their game. So oh, that's my favorite style. To our listeners of the podcast, they know that the uh, legit style, the uh, all Japan style, of the '90s, and the UWF style is my favorite style because you you can't see the and I like the entertainment style. You know, I grew up in the '80s in Northeastern Pennsylvania. The WWF was huge with the entertainment style, but it's like you can't see the tricks of the trade. You can't see the magic tricks when you have that shoot style, when you see somebody like a Sherry or like what Mean has been doing over the past year or so, Momo Watanabe, where it's like, oh man, oh man, like it's that, you can tell that hurt. You can tell. I mean, real people know, like Mina has hands. Like she's, <laughs> she, she can throw some. Uh, a lot of those women can, uh, yeah, they can legit like hurt somebody. Um, but yeah, just going back. So Sumi Sakai invited me over and uh, she's connected with, um, a lot of people just because she's worked really hard throughout the years and she's created a lot of relationships and stardom was looking for um another foreigner that had a fit for club venus what they thought would work and um got in talks and she helped me out so i think it's uh part of success is it's it's good to know people it's good to know people and Always. good people so yeah so we've got sumi sakai to thank uh for your appearance in stardom that's great um, so Sweetheart. you arrive in Japan um, and there's obviously significant differences between stardom and NXT. And you were talking very briefly about um, sort of the dojo um, and how you'd been invited to the dojo and how these women like they don't dwell on mistakes and things like that, which I think all of us could learn about in just everyday life. Um <laughs> How <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just... <laughs> um, but like, how is that dojo? How is that different to the performance center and sort of that style of wrestling? And how is sort of how is your time in NXT different to your time in Stardom? I think, um. I think it's just the difference of culture mm. um when i was at nxt and it's kind of i'm not sure how accurate this answer is because when i came into wrestling i knew nothing about it like i was just a very casual fan um i got i got my opportunity because i was doing door-to-door -door sales and i happened to walk into the right door where someone who was associated with wwe and they saw me so Did literally <laughs> literally yeah like i mean and i felt like i really didn't belong at all like i mean i when i walked in there and i told my story a lot of my peers at the time they're like what the hell is she doing here like <laughs> and it's kind of it's kind of it still happens and stuff where it's like you see these people who work their butts off in the independent scene and they don't have um they don't have all the nice things at the performance center and then you see someone new come in and they don't know how good they have it. It's kind of like, I can understand now looking back, like why some people have a chip on their shoulder or like just this thing, like, man, like if this person only knew what they have and can be more grateful. So it's like, I'm kind of getting a different perspective of that. Sorry to go off on a tangent and stuff, Please but it's do. like, <laughs> when I went, like when I went into the performance center, I was just like, I was just in awe of everything. They've got all the resources. They've got, they've been in the business and like they've got um, all the experience. And Japan, I would say it's comparable to stardom because there's a lot of experience there. There's a lot of, um, a lot of resources as well. And um, I would say one of the resources as far as training and why I hold, uh, like stardom and their locker room so high is that when I was in NXT, 
you know, you, you can instantly watch your match back. You can instantly get feedback and you could see it on a screen for yourself. Well, with stardom, unless someone's holding up a camera for you and you ask them to, some of sometimes you don't see your match for like another, another week, another two weeks. So you're like, man, I, I tried something new. Did I kick her in the head the way I wanted to? <laughs> you know, like I really wish I could see how that looks, but it's like afterwards you talk to your team, like in your unit. So club Venus and like, you have to be as honest as possible because you're working together and you want everyone to look good. And it, the, sometimes the truth hurts, but there it is. So um, that's what I really, really liked a lot. Like it was a really solid bond between us. It's, I'm glad you brought up Club Venus because I did just want to ask, obviously you were in a unit with uh, Mariah May and Zena who were obviously native English speakers, which obviously is hopefully going to help you to acclimatise. Um, obviously Mina's English is quite good, Wacker's music, uh, music, her English is quite good. Her music is good too. Her bro. music is fantastic. <laughs> her, ri hey. her rhythm and dance. Uh, but... <laughs> But that's why she's so endearing. Yeah, no, it's part of her so endearing. We love Wacker. Um, but how does... Obviously, you were in a locker room with majority native Japanese speakers. How do you navigate that? What is the English like backstage? How do you sort of come into that as sort of a foreigner and sort of someone who's new? So I'm just going to throw out again, like, very lucky. I'm lucky that uh, Japanese people have a lot of things posted all over uh, the JR line and in other restaurants. Like, they know they know multiple languages, and oh. a lot of things are in English. So that really helped. There was some um, communication things where, like, you think you get it, and then you stop and stare at each other, and, like, you're waiting for some sort of confirmation, but then the culture is different. And we all have good feelings, so we just end up staring at each other like, we have good intentions, but we'll see what happens out there. <laughs> um, so it definitely was an adjustment. Um, I'm so grateful that each and every person in the locker room was so patient mm -hmm. as well. Because, I mean, granted, if maybe me, like, five, six years ago, and if someone was coming, like, I don't know if I'd be able to be as patient or not. And um, especially when, like, you're competing, too, at the same time. So um, it, it was hard, even with the style, like some things I would do that would get a reaction here in American culture. And, and you sit there and like the Japanese fans are also so different and you get crickets. And so, <laughs> but that's, that's my favorite part about it. Like it's a live audience and it's a lot like comedy. Like you don't really know unless you go out there and get the reps. But after a while with, um, with some help from uh, teammates, like Mina was very like, hey, like, this is our culture, like, this is what works, this this doesn't, like, pay attention to this, and, like, sometimes, like, hey, like, that wasn't good, and I'm like, okay, thank you, like, everything is thank you, because, like, she couldn't have said nothing, and then, and then what, yeah. you know? Um, who outside of Club, I'm sorry, Rob, uh, no, who, outside, who outside of Club Venus was, like, the most helpful uh, to you, Jesse? <sighs> stumped her up <laughs> i'm not it's not that there was no one it's just um there's a few names that come to mind but i can't share it <laughs> oh interesting very interesting um mm. just to pick just to piggyback who hits the hardest like you've been in the ring with some of the best in in fact pretty much everyone in stardom and you know watching it through a tv screen like you hear suri kick someone and like you, you don't understand how their rib cage is still intact and then you look at a mayu who does the same hazuki who seems to only have one mode which is to hurt you who is like the one way they kick you and you think jesus that hurt uh, definitely Shuri. I have I had a time back with her and um, oh my mind's going a blank. She's on my social. Why am I doing this? Uh, it was part of uh, the God's Eye unit. All of them hit hard. Mariah. 
all of them hit hard. <laughs> but I definitely received uh, my first shoot kick from Sherry. <laughs> I, Welcome to the I locker room, right? Like, I wanted to know. I was just like, you know what? I know how she is. If I give her a, if I give her my back, I know it's coming. Yeah. And stuff. And it's like part of me is like, well, why wouldn't you counter it, Jess? But then sometimes you kind of need to know the pain and that you can get through it to get to that next level. Cause it's like, if you go through life and you're not even challenged or even like in a match and you're not challenged, like, what are you? Exactly. So. Exactly. I did, I did sort of think that the answer was going to be, uh, was going to be Suri, but we'll, uh, yeah, I can't put her over enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite venue in Japan, you wrestled all over Japan. What was your favorite? Obviously you did Yokohama Rini, did Korokan. What was your favorite venue? Oh, Korokan. For him, mm. for sure. Um, Yokohama was amazing. Uh, I also appreciated um, Fukuoka, just because um, different venues have different sounds. Mm. So it's like you can kind of hear the sound rise and come back, yeah. which is a really cool effect, especially when you're performing. So it's like an extra like good job when you get like a reaction. <laughs> Maybe like just for my own ego. That's why I liked it. <laughs> there you go. It's like I did well. Yeah, you know, I like it. What is it? Um, oh, go on, man. No, you. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. Um, obviously, you took place in All Star Grand Queendom, which was a massive show, not just for Stardom, but just wrestling in general. What was the atmosphere like backstage? Were people nervous, excited, a little bit of everything? Like, what was that that like? Oh, every time, like it's the entire production, the entire team, um, and all of the talent, like everyone is excited. Everyone works hard. Like if, if you take anything from Japanese culture and stuff, it is work hard. Like it was kind of, I feel like I got some, I don't know if it was extra welcome or if it was just like, oh wow, relatable because my grandma's, um, she's passed, but she's Japanese too. She moved here to the, um, States uh in her teens and stuff so like already coming in i knew some of the culture and uh and working hard is definitely part of it like i i feel like i got my first lessons of working hard and doing things right from my dad which was passed down from her one time <laughs> i was laying cement out and stuff and this was during the summer i had to be in like third grade and like we're already doing like do-it-yourself projects but my job was to mix the cement and lay it out and read directions and he's like, okay, well, this is how you do it. Step one, step two, step three. Okay, I'll be right back. Well, it's my summer. I'm just a kid. Like, I want to go play. I don't. I want to play outside. I don't want to like work outside. And um, so I do it, and I think I do a good job. But I'm like rushing and stuff. So I'm like rushing the mixing, and um, wasn't really wasn't really paying attention. And I could say like, yeah, I was just a kid and stuff. But it's like we're all kids until we're taught something or held accountable. So that was the lesson right there. So he comes back the next morning and stuff because by then the cement's supposed to be dried. Well, I added too much water and it wasn't and it didn't sit right. So he's like, guess what we're going to do today? And I was like, we're going to play. <laughs> so we're done, right? And he's just like, no, you're going to break that up and you're going to do it again. I'm like, and then he was like, and I have to do it too. And then the guilt goes in because I'm just like, oh no, like I've brought him into this too. And uh, he, like, we do it. But then after we're done, he was just like, you're going to do something. Like you could work hard, but do it right the first time. And I think that really, like at an early age, leaned in on me to like give your effort and be present. So I think culturally like you feel that with every single person there you go to um you see how the food is laid out uh like culturally you see the presentation you see the care that like even the women have like putting their things organized in a way you see um their presentation i feel like uh ring entrance presentation is there is a vast difference i feel between there and here and it's because they're so detail oriented and it's so laid into their culture where it's like okay well if you're not good enough or if you're not working hard like you can't shame not just you but the people around you mm. so i really think that attitude elevates everybody um so 
Neil uh, Neil Kapelka on Patreon has got two questions. Um, Hi, Neil. (laughs) (laughs) The second one I'm going to ask first. um, How long did it take you to master the Club Venus dance? (laughs) And what was the inspiration behind your Matahari nickname? Well, thank you for thinking it's mastered. (laughs) (laughs) I just think I have some extra style. Um, (laughs) There you go. That's what it is. Absolutely. (laughs) But uh, the people who started it, um, uh, Zaire Brookside, absent absentee Club Venus member, I wish she would have been with us too because uh, her dad was my first coach, uh, Robbie Brookside. And uh, she, it's, kind of funny because we also wrestled like a, a tag team in May Young Classic so um, I remember that match because it was just before the accident with um, with Tegan Knox and stuff and so we had to go and perform right after that and we're supposed to be these like bubbly characters and we're like oh my god oh my god but I need to put on the show um, anyways that's my first memory with her and um, but her I think when I was before I went, I was studying all the matches and I wanted to study for Venus. Her and Mariah and um, Nina started it. And it was shorter. And then when I got there, it was longer. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a pro wrestler. I'm not a dancer. <laughs> you styled it out. It's all good. You styled it out. Um, and what was the inspiration behind the nickname? Oh, the inspiration behind the nickname. Um, so uh, I try and take a bit of uh, something close to me and relate it to my performance. So it feels more real to me. Uh, it's I feel like it's a step before method acting because, I mean, method acting can be tricky depending on who you are. Um, but the name means the sun. And one of my nicknames growing up was Sunshine. And it's a star and everyone revolves around it. So (laughs) that was part of it. There was actually also someone um, what actually really got into it. uh, It was a a famous or notorious spy's name, but I kind of drew a little bit from it. But I liked the fact that it was uh, a different language. It had a different sound. It felt like a Ferrari when I wanted to say it out loud so that was some of the inspiration behind it and it has some mystery to it like a lot of people are like what's a monohari i'm like hello (laughs) (laughs) hello you're looking right at it take it for what you want and like uh i don't want to give the full meaning of it um one of my favorite artists are salvador dali and a quote from him is like if you understand what i'm doing then i haven't done my job right so nice Nice. I did my year five art project on Salvador Dali. There you go. That's a little bit of knowledge hey, that no one needs. <laughs> wow, I didn't even know that. Look at that. Okay, <laughs> Petersburg. You should come check it out. It's great. There you go, Matt. When I'm in it, when I'm in America, we'll do that. Um, I'll do it. Give me a call. I'll go with you. There we go. <laughs> um, we can all do the Club Venus dance then, Rob. <laughs> absolutely. Before and after. The Dali version. <laughs> Um, Treban on Twitter, sorry, Treban157 um, has asked, who is someone you faced in stardom that you would want to face again? Julia. Fair enough. Straight in there. Straight in there. What is it about Julia that makes that sort of makes you want to face her again? Um, I had a tag team match uh, with her and Tekla uh, with Mariah. And there was just something about her style and presence mm. that I just want to tear up. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'd pay good money to watch that match. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone would pay good money to watch that. Um, Matt. something that Japan will do. <laughs> uh, Matt, I feel like I'm hogging the interview. Feel free. No, go ahead, my man. I know we have a ton of questions. I got my few questions in there, so I just wanted. That's why I asked the uh, the training one, and of course the uh, you know the the Budokan Hall show. But yes, I know we still have a ton of questions, probably from our listeners. So, so talking about obviously the putting together of matches, what how difficult is it to put together a match, especially because you were, you know, quite a lot in multi woman tags. 
was it difficult to put these matches together? Was a lot called in the ring? You know, obviously we don't want to spoil the magic of pro wrestling, but obviously with the language barrier and things like that, was a lot of it sort of just on feel. How was it putting these together? I think we all know how to do our jobs hmm. and that's all I'm going to say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Very, very good answer. Um, so Peps, at, sorry, at Peps underscore wrestling. What was your expectations before you came to Japan and how different was the reality? I went with no expectations and very optimistic. Uh, the reality of it, it was, it was more, I, it was beyond my imagination because it, it was a completely different culture. Um, I used to move quite a bit. So getting into a new environment is not something that I'm wary of. Uh, I like to just read the room. I was very aware that I was a foreigner in another country. So it wasn't like step lightly. It was just be self-aware and be aware of your surroundings. And the nice thing about Japan is like, it's very safe. Mm. It's a very safe place. You can walk around. Uh, I don't recommend walking around at night, but hypothetically, like, um, I've been told like it's a vast difference between going to other countries and even some places here. So, um, the food was amazing. <laughs> you go to a seven 11 and you get sushi. That's safe. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> that's good? safe. Notice how she said that's safe. Like I gotta tell you my favorite thing. And I gotta find a place here that does it. It's shabu shabu. It's like hot pot. So it's like you cook, you cook thinly cut meat in uh, a broth and you could, however you want it seasoned, like whether it's hot or like more of like a miso broth. And then you add vegetables to it and they eat so healthy and they don't waste anything. You know what you, nothing's wasted. You want to eat a chicken heart and we'll get you a chicken heart. You want the liver, have the liver. You want the foot, have the foot. Like nothing's wasted. So yeah, the food was awesome. And the thing too, because touring was like pretty hectic and difficult, I wasn't able to go to the gym as much. So I was really stressing about keeping my physique and my conditioning. But um, thankfully they put like, they're very conscientious about like the food they put in their bodies and stuff. And yes, there's like sweets and things like that around, but everyone, everyone walks around all the time and like there's stairs everywhere. And like you go up floors and it was just kind of like, and it was amazing. The culture is just so intricate. Like you feel, you go to, you go to Shinjuku and you feel like you're in some sort of Legoland and there's a Godzilla building right there. And you go to another part of town like uh, Arakawa and you see that it's, um, you see that it's like a little bit smaller, but like there's more local markets. And I don't remember everything. There was like uh, Nishinapore was great. Like Tokyo is really big. That's the thing that really surprised me. I didn't realize how large Tokyo was until I got there. And uh, shout out to Legos. So I built Tokyo Legos. And anytime I saw a building that I built there, I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, I need a picture with it right now. I need a picture. And I just, I don't know, like, I don't Where's my other set of Legos? <laughs> Our next interview is just going to be Jesse giving us a Lego display. I walking around inside someone else's body sometimes, but yeah. Every building is different. Like yeah. Every building is different. Um, there's so many. You walk every five feet, there's food. Every, like, you walk, you shuffle over here, there's food. You shuffle over there, there's food. It was just like, it's like fantasy world, I feel like. It's funny you should say, because we interviewed Kevin Kelly, um, the New Japan commentator, and the first thing he said was that the food in Japan is unrivaled, and it's relatively cheap as well. Um, <laughs> so that, that's clearly true then. Um, <laughs> but like, obviously, we follow quite a lot of um, stardom wrestlers on, uh, on Instagram, and um, there are a couple who I follow just because they post pictures of the food they're eating um and i think starlight kid is one of them who every day there will be a reel on her instagram and the food looks incredible like these broths these like ramens and it's like, oh my god this looks incredible i can't remember who it was posted like this street food and it just looked insane absolutely yeah. insane 
I feel like they've got a whole different level of appreciation for food because I was looking at, like, you look at the post, you know, you want to study everyone before you get there and you're excited and you want to know everyone and, like, give compliments and, like, just to show that, like, you care and, like, respect them. And, like, a lot of pictures that they do, like, they really highlight the food. Mm. Like, they're like, this is great. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I would like some. (laughs) Just (laughs) Don't they have beer in vending machines over there, Jesse? Ooh, yeah, they do. <laughs> that was a gift. <laughs> which, will, which will lead me to my next question. My I hand fits and segue my own question there. Who is the better beer drinker? Is it Micah or is it Utami? Ooh. <laughs> this is a good question. Ooh. Well. <laughs> I'm going to drop. <laughs> They're both a lot of fun. Let's just say that. <laughs> Actually, I've got a question regarding that. Um, so this is Neil's other question regarding um, regarding. Hi, so- Neil. Hi Neil again. Um, so what's it like riding the Stardom bus? Are there certain people that like to joke around, play games, or do most people sort of keep themselves to themselves? Can't say. Wow. <laughs> so sorry. Protecting Capo, I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so you said Utami and Mike are a lot of fun. Are you? Can you elaborate on that, or is that something else you you can't say? Or a story? I mean, you can only watch the people in the other unit from a distance, but you can tell they have a lot of fun. Yeah. So did you do much sort of inter- intermingling? I don't know if that's the right word, but did you do much sort of intermingling with other units or did you sort of stay? No, because close? I'm part of Club Venus. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I'm Club Venus. No. <laughs> want nothing to do with the rest of the Stardom Ross. I love it. So No, because you don't want to, I mean, you can have friendly competition, mm. but I guess maybe it's more of my style. Like, I don't want to feel bad for you as, as I'm kicking your ass, like no. <laughs> Sharing street food and then kicking them in the head. Yeah, there's, there is something about Great that. Great friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've already got a towel for the episode with you saying choking them out earlier, so uh, that's definitely going to be the uh, the podcast episode towel. So um, yeah, uh, Rudo's Rudo's BJ Rudo's BJJ on Orange Ave, Orlando. There you go. Um, the JML on Twitter, you. You sort of said about the food and how, because of the touring, um, it was quite hard to sort of keep in shape and sort of keep to a training regime. Like, how often were you able to train and sort of how how brutal is the touring? Because we get a certain sense from like the amount of dates that start and run, like the you know the same with New Japan. But how brutal is that for you as a competitor? You've got to schedule things. You have to have a plan. You, um, thankfully, I brought uh, two different types of resistance bands with me because there were instances and nights where I'm like, okay, I'm just in my little hotel room and I've got maybe like three by, uh, maybe three by three feet of space, and you just got to make it work. I mean, that's that's hard work, like. And you then, gotta get creative, sure. Absolutely. What the was Carl like... Gotch Bible, Rob? The Carl Gotch Bible, the deck of cards. There, there it is. <laughs> no excuse not to work out. Yeah. No What's that? You never heard of the the Gotch Bible? Oh, no, we God. did this in. Uh, I actually, <laughs> gra- yeah, we actually did this. I graduated from the Ring of Honor Dojo a long time ago. But what we would always yeah. do is um, we would run six miles to start. And then you have your deck of cards. So you can either do four exercises or two exercises based upon the cards that you have. So you have red and black. This is what we did. So whatever black card you pulled, that's how many we would do. Black were squats and red were push-ups. So say I got a, yeah, a black, uh, I got a nine spades. You would do nine squats. If you got a picture card, they were 20. Aces were 25. And if you got a joker, you would double what you just did. I can't tell you how many times that we would do 25 squats and then we would get an A, so then we'd have to do 50. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but once you get about halfway through that deck, after we ran six miles to start, yeah, you're exhausted. And then you get in the ring. Yes. You got to do the whole deck? The whole deck. Well, sometimes we would do it twice. Sometimes Ah. we would stop and we would flip it over and we would do it again. Yes. 
we were very the, yes the way that cm punk ran that dojo was very new japan all japan style dojo so yes yeah, you gotta you gotta in a way like murder yourself so the new self can come out oh i love it you gotta push <laughs> through it yeah you gotta, pu- you gotta push through that. it my knees are still yelling at me 19 years later from all those thousands of squats that we would do that's that's why i was curious if you spend time in the stardom dojo because i would always hear that uh, and I did have a cup of coffee in the New Japan Dojo in LA a long time ago, and it was a lot of squats and running and just exhaustion stuff. Uh, were they as vocal? Um, I forgot to say, like that's a huge difference that I noticed. Like the like the performance and stuff, very vocal, running, yelling, yelling all the time. So it's like you're giving air, you're doing things in motion, and like a lot of yelling. Yeah, and the, the and stuff. When we would do squats, we would, as a crew, we would all say in unison. And the reason why is because if you're doing a promo after your match, you're already breathing heavy. So your promo is like, you don't want to get to your point and then lose it and then lose the audience. That was the whole psychology behind of whenever you're doing squash, push-ups, sit-ups or whatever that you're doing that it was, you're always yelling out the number. So this way, if again, if you're doing a post-match promo after your match that you don't, you know, sound winded. So I think that's, I think it's the whole reason why they do it over there in Japan. Again, I know Punk took a lot of his stuff from Rocky Romero. Like he would be on the phone constantly and be like, what are you guys doing over here that I can torture my kids with over (laughs) there? That's the point. You have to be willing like that. Like if you're willing to do that, so like bravo to you, you were in good hands and you, you did it. So. Well, you too, you know, you had some good trainers over in NXT there too, you know. (laughs) Takes one to know one. Um, so we've sort of talked about favorite venues, people you'd like to wrestle again. What was your favorite match from your time in stardom? Is there a match that sort of stands out to you as like, it, you know, whether it's just a match that went particularly well or a match that holds a certain memory or it's in a certain venue? What sort of a match from that tour that you think, yeah, I love that? I really liked the... My favorite match. It's it, man. All these favorite questions because like every single match, I learned something new. Whether it was like a different style or it was just a different experience every time. Like I can't, I can't think of like a match that I was like, wow, that was like. Well, I do know my first match was not my favorite because I had no idea what I was doing and I was still adjusting. So that was kind of frustrating, <laughs> but I learned. But it didn't feel like my favorite. The one that had like all the feels though, um, and that I would love a rematch with, with Club Venus, it was against Oedetai at, uh, at Queendom. It was at Yokohama. It was a lot of fun too. I got hit in the head with a box and that's why I just... We hate that box. I hate it when it box. happens. I always bring weapons. They always bring we weapons, don't, and it's just we like we don't hate many things on Stardom, but anytime that we're we're reviewing a show and that box gets involved, me and Rob just cringe, cringe, get rid of it. <laughs> like box, the box should have its own match. That's what should happen. Roll it up. So yeah, I think I really enjoyed that. There is actually, um, hang on, I remember where this was. I don't remember where, but it was myself and Mina versus um, Micah and uh, my Sakura. And uh, I think that's when I really felt a different kind of fire and pace. So I really grabbed an important lesson from that match. So I was getting my ass kicked. It was like, I don't want this anymore. Ah. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess the difference... I think the difference was just uh, my opponent's intensity. And it's like, are you going to answer back or not? Mm. So I liked it. I mean, being on the end of a Michael Lariat is probably going to do that to someone, isn't it, really? Now, if nothing, oh, if yeah, something is going to wake in the fire, it's that. Yeah, she's shoot judo too. So when you get thrown, you get thrown. <laughs> So, <laughs> give us the hacksaw Jim Duggan thumbs up, Rob. <laughs> yeah, and then you start kneeing people in the face because, like, you're already halfway there. So, um, you knew Kyrie from NXT, didn't you? I think you might have teamed with Kyrie actually. 
um, on a couple of yeah. occasions. What is she mm-hmm. like? Like, did you learn anything from her? Did you sort of just watch, or what was she like to be sort of training with? I don't know if you were there at the same time as EO. Sorry, just to no, I wasn't there at the same time as EO. Um, EO is a badass. I feel like EO is one of the best women in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, and she will, but yeah. Absolutely agree. Future wrestler, study EO. Uh, <laughs> she moves like a cat. Uh, really does. Let me think. Um, so I spent more time training with Kyrie at NXT. Uh, Kyrie had a different schedule than myself, so I only saw her a couple times uh, in passing. But we were both very happy to see each other. It was really nice of her to give me the recognition online. Like, hey, I think we know each other. So coming into a new culture and someone has your back, like that's really a cool, and I can't wait to pass that on. Um, uh, but while we were at NXT, uh, her style, she. she uh, She really knows how to how to captivate an audience where you make you can't take your eyes off of her. And I, I don't think it I don't think it's the hat. I don't think it's uh, her being like a sailor. I don't like yes, it's different and interesting. You're like, hmm, what's that? But if you look at her face while she goes, like she could be taking she'd be taking a beating, but you still see it in her face that like I'm not weak. And I think that's captivating. Yeah, she's certainly one of the best baby faces. I, I'd argue in stardom history because some of the beatings she's taken at the hands of like Mako Satomura has been just, they're amazing. And Io, to be fair, she's taken a beating at the hands of Io. Um, Mako Satomura is also amazing. truly amazing. Were you there at the same time as Mako as well? Uh, Miko came to guest coach at the Performance Center, so I've been trained by her um, briefly, like during her visit. And um, again, I can't, I can't, I can't say how much I truly do respect the hard work uh, and how many reps and how into their craft uh, Japanese culture is. Um, I definitely don't want to take away from any American or any um, person of any other origin, country, religion, whatever, what have you, with effort. But I, I feel, and maybe like I just feel more connected to it because like I have Japanese roots. But I think there's something very particular and uh, crisp and sharp, like I, about um, Miko's movement, about Io's movement. It's all very intentional. And I think that's what makes it feel very real. I can't, like, that's one thing I learned from Terry Taylor. You need the intention before you move. So. Wise words. Guaman, what were you going to say? Makes sense. Um, no, I was just going to ask what was training with Mako like, but you uh, you covered that. But I guess um, next question that I would have for you is any fun Mayu Iwatani stories that you'd like to share any, any little any little tidbits because she just we she just seems like the nicest sweetest person that is one of the best wrestlers not just stardom but in any company of all time but just seems like an absolute klutz and we just absolutely love her for it I think that's by design is it like is it sort of a front or is she like that backstage i think the longer someone is in any business or craft and the cooler they are the more dangerous they are very true yeah speaking of dangerous how dangerous slash intense is hazuki in the ring You get a match with Hazuki and you, you're going to get that. <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, okay. Uh, her face washes. <laughs> <laughs> at least she's smiling, yeah. Rob. At least she's smiling there, folks. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it's, uh, she doesn't seem like she has a stop here. You know, sometimes it's like, well, there's this match. There's seven or eight other people in this match. Maybe I'll highlight this person where Hazuki's like, no, every second I'm in the ring, I'm making it count. And I love that. I just love the effort she puts into everything that she does. And it's, it's so funny because, like, she'll come to, and if, I've had friends of mine that have just gotten to stardom recently, and I'll put on a Hazuki match or show them a Hazuki match. 
And she comes to the ring and she's smiling and waving and taking pictures. And that bell rings and she just turns into a savage. And they're like, I didn't know what to expect. This girl comes in and she got this nice pastel kimono on and looking, she looks like a million bucks and she's waving. And I just didn't know what to expect. And the bell rings like jeepers, creepers. Holy geez. I didn't know that was coming. Oh yeah. Especially like her speed as well. Um, one match I really enjoyed. It was the match between her, uh, Mercedes Monet and uh, Azumi. That was one of the best triple threats I've ever seen. That was fantastic. The Sakura yeah. Genesis show. Yeah, that was that was amazing. I was going to ask, that was something I wanted to ask about Azumi, who, you know, 20 years old and is, like, just incredible in the ring. Like, when you're wrestling... She started when she was eight years old. It Honestly, it's crazy. Internet, Absolutely yeah. crazy. Um, I can't even think what I was doing when I was eight years old. We, we know what you were doing. Obviously, you were laying cement, but obviously... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> a different kind of work done. yeah absolutely different kind of work um <laughs> when sort of when you're in the ring with someone who is so quick and wrestles at such a height how difficult is that to sort of match because obviously you are more you know power based and things like that how is it wrestling someone who is like just basically a blur Definitely high speed. Mm -hmm. uh, even wrestling with Starlight Kid, high speed. Wrestling uh, with uh, May and uh, who else is high speed there? Starlight Kid. Anyways, the high speed style and with Azumi, you just at first you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. This is what it is. You just want to grab. You just want to grab onto her, and like you got to change your technique. That's what I really like. Like everyone there has such a different, unique mm. style. Uh, whether it's hard hitting, shoot, high speed, um, uh, power. Because I think that's why I like fighting so much especially different opponents like I, I knew when I went to the independent scene I was gonna I felt and knew I was gonna learn um in a different way and maybe a lot more because you're constantly adapting you're constantly adjusting so you have to be on 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 guard in an entirely different way to where it's more like it feels like survival at first but then when you get the experience you feel sharper Whereas when I was at the performance center, you're constantly practicing and competing against the same people. So you just, that's all you know. So I think even with the high speed thing, the thing that I learned the most is just grab their hair and throw them down faster. Be quicker. Use your long legs. You Catch can't be them. quick if you're on your back. <laughs> so... Obviously, you were take you've taken part on Stardom's biggest show in their history, Yokohama Arena. Fantastic show, Mercedes Monet backstage. Did you manage to grab a word with Mercedes before she went out to face Mayu? And basically, can you sort of what what was she like backstage? You know, was she quite approachable and things like that? Basically, she's a professional. Mm. Uh, she was there to do a job. I think uh, just like anyone else going to a foreign country where you don't know and you're not around the same people all the time because um, like I think I think one of the nice things about being with NXT or WWE like you're you get to study people. You can study them. When you're in a new environment like you just try and grab and take what you can and you do your best. So I think her coming into a new country and still putting on her performance. We've got a lot of respect for that. And it was a great match as well, to be fair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, against Mayu for sure. Piggy, piggybacking off that show, um, 
Obviously, it was a huge deal for Club Venus that day as Mina Shirakawa dethroned the legendary reign of Sayakamitani. Just you're kind of in the thick of that, are you know, right there for that match and the celebration. What was that like for Mina, for your Club Venus member, uh, Mina, to finally win the Wonder of Stardom Championship and dethrone the longest, you know, championship reign uh, in Sayakamitani? You could tell how hard she worked for it. I didn't know her very well going in, but you can tell how much it meant to her. And uh, she has a very uh, infectious charisma and persona about her. So just for her to welcome me and then be able to share that moment so selfless, so selfless, selflessly afterwards, it was. It felt really special, and I'm really glad and proud I got to be a part of it. It's one, it's one of the best moments of the year in stardom is uh, Mina's redemption arc and the fact that she was able to get it in front of this huge crowd. It's just amazing because she does, obviously we don't know her personally, but she just seems like one of the nicest people in the world. Um, I was surprised she included us in her entrance, but she was like, I want you guys there. Like, we're Club Venus. I was like, okay, like, this is your moment, but okay. <laughs> so so that, was, that was Mina's idea that you, that you were all going to be a part of it yeah see lovely person lovely person are you still in contact with any members of uh, club venus yeah so this sort of brings me to my final question it, are we going to see jesse in stardom again has that door closed or can we expect a jesse return door's always open yeah I don't know who the new members will be, but I definitely, um, I know I'm going to cross paths with Mina and Waka again, um, for sure. Like, I even, even if it's not for stardom, like, I know I'm going to go to Japan again, so. Well, it was because you said that at the start of the episode, I was like, she didn't mention stardom, though. Is she going to stardom, or is it, like, a journey of self-discovery, or is it wrestling for another promotion, or at the moment, is it just a case of, I'm going to go to Japan and see where it goes. Did you see, I'm sorry, did you mean in the future or how I started? In the future, sorry, sorry. In the future, sorry. Um, I think it's all in one. It feels all in one. Fair enough. And with that, Jesse, thank you so so much Matt you have I have one more question qu I have one more question buddy one more I saved the best for the biggest one for last wow, Jesse okay. um yes so you okay. know Rob may know where I'm going with this once I start asking and if you can just take your club Venus membership and just set it to the side just for two minutes and be unbiased who has the better entrance entrance Mina Mariah May Rose Gold versus Tam and Natsupoy Meltier what's the better entrance as a fan <laughs> don't make me do that <laughs> does that answer your question there it is we'll take that there it is we, we ended on the high spot rob there it absolutely. is absolutely <laughs> um jesse thank you so much for your time we honestly thank you it's been really enlightening it's been a really thoroughly enjoyable interview thank you for your time Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'd love to catch back with you guys uh, in a year for catch up if there's an opportunity. I really enjoyed this and um, I respect you guys and thank you for your hard work. Thank you very much. Oh, that means thank a lot. You. Thank you, Jesse. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back with our full length podcast on Thursday. Um, and yeah, you can catch us on our social media at The Stardom Cast. Jesse, would you like to plug your socials and where they can find you next, just in case they've forgotten from the start of the episode? Absolutely. Across all social, all of these socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Jessica Eliban. Also, if you'd like to view some of my art, uh, got a big project coming. Don't want to give too many details. It's uh, J Electra on Instagram. J-A-E-E-L-E-C-T-R-A. Yeah. Byron and Power. Definitely going to be checking that out, especially if you are quoting Salvador Dali. It sounds like that's something that I'd be very interested in looking at. Um, Matt, sign us off, good sir. 
Absolutely, folks. Um, we greatly appreciate, Jesse, your time. This was an absolute blast and cannot wait to do it again. Any questions, comments you have us for us, folks? You know how to get a hold of us. Everything's on the screen. You're at Real Rob Goen at Matt Turner OF. Send us a message. Uh, social media is not your thing. By all means, the stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Like I always say, folks, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all together. Everybody's different. Everybody's special. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.